Broadcasting from the heart of the Colorado Rockies, it's 4th and 99 with your hosts, David Slade, Keith Brookman, and Matt Stapiero. Now let's talk football here on 4th and 99. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another amazing show of 4th and 99, your Denver Broncos pregame show here on the Rocky Mountain Sports Network, where we talk all things Broncos with a little bit of NFL sprinkled in. I am your host, David Slade, and with me, as always, I have Matt Staffiero and Keith Brugman. Gentlemen, how are you doing this morning? Pretty good, Dave. How are you? I'm doing well. Keith, how are you? Uh, you know, not too bad, all things considered. It seems like it's a little early this morning. I don't know why. So, Yeah, it seems like something – yeah, it seems like it was just a crazy morning and things are – I mean, like you said, it feels like it's super early, and I was fighting with technology issues this morning, so it feels like I'm scattered brains. So I'm feeling a little anxious, but I'm just ready to talk some football. Yeah, yeah absolutely, um, man. Yeah, definitely, and just let everyone know if it seems a little discombobulated on this end. Uh, we're running without our producer this morning. I think he's running a little bit behind, so we're going to try to wing it through this, so like the old days. So, oh, Just man. like the old days, man. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I man. got my dial up all set up, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you ready for Christmas? Got your holiday shopping done and everything? Oh, I cannot tell you how thankful I am for this thing called Amazon. So, uh, yes, thankfully, we are done Christmas shopping, and it's been a wonderful, wonderful thing that I don't have to go traipsing through Walmart and all these other things and trying to hide the things. I just get a giant package at the door, and I can just hide it in the closet and be like. I don't know what it is. Right. Instead of trying to hide little individual packages, it's just a blessing. I don't know about oh, you, yeah, Keith. But I'm, I don't know about you, Keith, but I'm pretty excited to see what Matt got you and I. I, I no oh. kidding, man! It's been a great year. We've done so many great things together. You know, I'm yeah, sure he's got something yeah, fantastic it's cool, lined maybe up for us. Naughty list for always picking on me. Naughty list. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Well, um, oh man. Keith, are you ready for the holidays? It looks like up in uh, Montana, they may be having a I, little I, bit of I'll a... I'll be honest. I'm the guy who's probably the furthest behind, so... I don't know. I mean, I might be right there with might you. Be so, yeah. I need to get some shopping in, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm always one of those last-minute guys. I'm the guy you see wandering around the store on Christmas Eve, like, huh, what do I buy? So... What do I buy? Yeah. <laughs> Me and you both, buddy. Uh, all right, guys. Sad week for Denver Bronco country. Um, Matt, I'm going to let you turn it over, run a little uh, memorial for uh, great number 88, Demarius Thomas. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, as as we all know, the impact Demarius Thomas had on the field, I wanted to take, you know, uh, a, a brief moment to just talk about Demarius Thomas and how he impacted my life. Um, this was my generation's version of, you know, Rod Smith, the, the Demarius Thomas, the Wes Welker and Eric Decker. Could it be more of the um, reincarnation of like the three amigos for for guys, right? You know, guys and youngins right in my age group uh, i mean as a high school athlete this is who you wanted to be when you were playing wide receiver you've seen the impact he had on the game and and, and all those touchdowns and the impact but then you also heard about him showing up surprisingly at, at other high school camps and doing all of these things you, you just got to to really feel um 
what an impact he had not only on the field but off the field and uh it, it's just incredibly sad he's only 33 he was only 33 years old guys that's just a couple years older than i am and uh it, it's just tragic to see someone with such a warm soul such a kind soul taken so early um I mean, I know we'll always remember the Tim Tebow to Demarius Thomas for the, the you know, the 80-yard thriller in, the, in overtime. And, um, it, you know, uh, the other thing that I, that I just remember at DT, I remember, I can't remember the game directly, but uh, I, I was going through some injuries, you know, in high school. And I remember he, we used to utilize him as a kickoff returner. And he comes in mm-hmm. and he, unfortunately, he just gets, you know, the socks knocked off of him. And, uh he gets taken out a couple plays, but I mean, that, you know, it looked like a train ran through, but you know what? Three or four plays later, he's back on the field. His toughness was unquestioned and, uh, you know, his desire to just want to help his teammates, you know, do the ultimate goal and win. And it didn't matter who his quarterback was. It didn't matter if it was Peyton Manning. It didn't matter if it was Tim Tebow. He was there and he was ready to perform no matter the, you know, no matter what happens. So uh, it's uh, very tragic and uh, I, we just wish his family well wishes and, um, they're in our thoughts and prayers at this time. I, I mean, I don't know if you guys want to add anything to that. Heath, got anything? Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, you know, uh, obviously a little bit older than you, Matt. So, yeah, I understand where you're coming from, from that Rod Smith perspective. For me, he, he, he reminded me of somebody else, uh, another smiling assassin on the field. Um, he was he reminded me of a Steve Atwater. He had that tenacity on offense. Uh, but he always had that smile on his face all the time. Um, quiet guy that just seemed like he lit up the room. You know, if I was going to go back, it, for me, the, I, I think the biggest memory, at least to start his career, was when, when uh, he was. It was the big Des Bryant and Demarius Thomas debate in the in the draft. You know, and uh, I think we got a winner in uh, Demarius Thomas. For me, the saddest thing is, honestly, I just felt like he he always left us at the wrong time um traded mid-season that uh, that kind of hurt for the broncos we never got to say our proper goodbyes it felt like you know he never got that that final game like we really wanted and then of course with his passing um just you know tragic like you said 33 years old had a lot of life to to live and and would have been interesting to see exactly what he did with his life um and now it's gone so just Sadness as as unfortunate, you know, as many happy memories as he brought us. That's a that's a you know sad Sunday. So for '88, yeah, definitely is. Um, and I just want to you know say I'm just amazed at all of the stories we're hearing now about Demarius Thomas off the field and the individual he was, you know, and how he just <clears throat> cared so much, you know, about fellow man. I think a lot of people in life can just learn a lesson from that, you know, be kind. I mean, that's what we need to do to each other. Be kind. So, but yeah, condolences to the uh, Thomas family, friends, you know, former teammates. Uh, we here at RMSN uh, agree with you guys. So, all right, guys, you ready to talk some, uh, some football seems sort of somber after, after that, but, we still have a football game to play. Unfortunately, they don't they don't stop the game. So that's true. That's yeah, hundred <clears throat> percent. So right. we have the the Detroit Lions coming to town. So oh, well, one ten and one, I believe they are. Got that's their first true. win last week um, against the Vikings on a, a last last second play by uh, Jared Goff throwing a touchdown pass. 
Um, but really quick before we get into that, I'm sorry, I, I forgot our uh, our sponsor thing. Uh, so fantastic me, sponsor, I, man. Stay, I'm, I'm telling you, we're uh, sort of confused here without our without our producer here. So really quick, we're going to do a sponsor thing. So we want to thank our sponsor, Willow Seasonings and Blends. Check out their product lineup at willowseasonings.com. Holiday season quickly approaching. More and more people are turning to prime rib for their holiday meal. Uh, high elevation SPG and beef are a perfect match. So go to wellofseasonings.com, grab a bottle of SPG, and put a little spice into your life. All right, now we can get back to normal. Woo! Yes. Woo! All right. All right. All right. Anybody out there, uh, we got people out there already watching. Shoot us your questions, comments, uh, your favorite memories about uh, Demarius Thomas. We can pop them up on the screen. Um, and also what you think about the game. So let's start off with injuries. Um, looks like uh, both teams are sort of getting hit with COVID, you know, this week. Um, I know the Lions have quite a few players out with COVID. Uh, the Broncos have, um, I believe we have PJ Locke, Mike Boone, and Malik yeah. Reed have all been uh, placed on the COVID list. So they will not be playing today. So we had that combination of Javante Williams and Mike Boone last week. So we won't be able to see that this week. Yeah. So nix that one, huh? Yeah, definitely. So and then um injuries for us again, Bradley Chubb on the injury list again. Has anybody heard any more? Last I heard questionable with the shoulder injury. Yeah. Yeah, last I heard it, he was dealing with the shoulder as well as an ankle. The ankle's been a problem all season. Um, it's essentially been what's you, you kept him out. We had the, he had the surgery on it. Uh, this was a this would be the perfect game for him to be able to play. He's uh, Penay Sewell's not been the great. He has, he's been struggling. Um, uh, Detroit Lions don't have the greatest offensive line. This is kind of like. A, this would have been a great game for him to really see. I think get out there and test that ankle, maybe get a little, you know, full full set of uh, reps today. But um, it looks like even if he if does play, it will be on another snap count. But uh, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, definitely, Keith. I mean, with with Malik Reed being out, I mean, how much does it hurt us if if Bradley Chubb can't go as well? Yeah. Well, last report I saw this morning is I guess both him and um Shelby Harris got a little bit of work in on Friday and they were hoping that they could play this this uh this Sunday so if that's the case let's just hope that's the case let's put it that way I, I think Bradley Chubb needs to be out there I mean we, we we talked about it there's a few team a few players on our teams that we that we uh met, might want to start labeling a bust if they don't get on the field because of injuries um and and uh we're looking at one right here I mean he needs to get out there he needs to play hopefully he can go out there and give it against a kind of a obviously a, a one-win team right yeah, let's let's go out there and and look good today yeah, yeah but yeah it would hurt a ton yeah. it would hurt a ton i think if if both uh reed and and chubb are out so yeah you know switching um you know they're a little bit more banged up than we are you talked about the covid list and then top of the covid list jesus i just looked at their and re-looked at their injury list, and it's just riddled with questionables and doubtfuls, including some pretty oh, yeah. big names on there like TJ Hawkinson, Penny Sewell. Um, they're they're down both their starting running backs in uh, in DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Williams is out with COVID. 
Uh, Swift is out with a foot injury, I believe, which is killing my fantasy team. Um, just to throw that out there, I had, a, I had a Vince a little bit somewhere. But, uh, yeah, so this is looking a lot like a game we played a few a few weeks ago where it's like, oh, they're, they're all banged up. They're going to throw in all these backups, and it just feels all too familiar. We didn't like the outcome last time around, though. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's not a repeat of that Thursday night, uh, you know, over there by Lake Erie. So, <laughs> if it is a repeat, I, I may just have to call it a day and go cram myself to sleep if if it happens like that. So we'll see yeah, what happens. This is a game, and well, and we'll probably talk about this more. But you don't sleep on any team in the NFL, and I know the the Lions are one ten and one, but. They've lost a lot of games, very, very close games, you know, and mm-hmm. last last minute losses. So it's not like they're just some horrible team that's just, you know, tripping their way through or stumbling their way through a season, you know. I mean, yeah. well, do you think it could be, Keith, do you think it could be another uh, setup game sort of, sort of like Cleveland was? It, it can't be, Dave. <laughs> that's the way I though that's the way I look at it. It can't be because we've already had one of those. You shouldn't have two of those in the same same season, right? I mean, we 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 can't be sleeping especially at this time of the season. Uh we have players and coaches coming out and saying that we're still in this. Um this is not the game to sleep on. This is the game especially with I, I for me a home game right after a tragedy like we had that we there's no reason we shouldn't be going out there and giving a hundred percent so yeah and i'm in full agreement with keith for oh no goodness we're gonna start saying that again um i'm in agreement <laughs> with keith, i'm in agreement with keith here because i have to be this is a huge um you know there's a lot of emotion behind it you know behind today's game there's a a lot of players on this team who 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 knew DT and they really want to go out there and put on that good performance. So, so let's just hope it's enough to uh, avoid that trap game. Yeah, hope, hopefully it is. I mean, sometimes you know emotions, you know, they can swing you either way. So hopefully today it's it's more of a motivator and not something that just you know really gets this team down and they go out there and, and sleepwalk through a game on a team they should should go out there and beat. So. And wax them. Yeah, definitely. So um, let's let's uh, move on to the the offensive portion of the game. Um, we saw last week against Kansas City. You know, we really ran the ball. You know, we, we did what we want. Did, can Shermer do it two weeks in a row? I mean, Keith, do, do you do you think he's finally getting it in his head that hey? the best chance for success for this team, even though we didn't win the Kansas city and it looked pretty ugly at times we were still in that game. You know, we only lost by what 13 points. I mean, it's not like Kansas city blew us out. We had our opportunities. Um, do you think Pat Shermer's finally getting it into his head that the best thing for Teddy Bridgewater is to run the ball? I think it's a two-part. I think, one, he's hopefully he's finally getting it in his head, especially after the performance we saw last week from Javante Williams. But number two, he's always been that guy who's been game-planning towards the weaknesses of their of the other team, um, sometimes to the point that he's ignoring just about anything else that they have going on on their, defensively. So with the uh, Detroit Lions being ranked 28th against the run, 
giving up 131 yards a game. Hopefully, between that and last week, we see a run, run, run performance. And and I'm, I'm also very hopeful that Gordon's maybe a little bit more, more motivated after his press conference this week as well. Matt? I'm not. I, I'm not going to share the same optimism on Pat Shermer. I mean, this is the guy who was confused about being confused about being confused, or whatever the heck the narrative out of that press conference right. was today. <laughs> I, I mean, it just shows that there's so a, a pure lack of communication, and uh, it, you know, and if they're giving Pat the full raid, we know what he likes to do. I mean, go back to New York, go back to Minnesota, where he had capable running backs: Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley. It always ends up going back to this three wide that's pushing the you know the set. He's gonna I, I'm just worried that they're gonna look at the Detroit Lions like this is a team that secondary is not their greatest. If they have a strength, it's gonna be, you know, that that front seven. Um is this something we could take advantage of? We, we you know we just lost to Kansas City, everybody's doubting us. Can we go out and you know lay the bricks on a on a beaten up Detroit team? And it just feels like it's almost too good for him to pass up for me. I, I think we do see him. I think we still see a, a good portion of running, but uh, I think he's going to feel compelled to, to try to force the ball downfield. So if you had to put the over-under, so the over-under on pass attempts for Teddy Bridgewater is 28. Are you going over or under, Matt? Uh, I'm going to go over. Keith? I'm under. Under and I'm gonna go over as well. I'm oh, with the Matt. I I do not history do in not, the making. History. I, I do not trust Pat Schirmer. You know this guy. He's probably over there licking his chops, seeing that man. We got this this Lions uh, secondary that isn't that great, and boy, I got all these weapons, and he keeps forgetting he doesn't have a quarterback who can push the ball down the field. You know, I mean. Uh-huh. I I agree, but look what we saw last week. I mean, I, I mean, I think he finally has to get the the point that that's 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 what our team is about, and especially against a team like the Detroit Lions. You know, like I said, they're twenty eighth in the league. They're giving up right. over one hundred and thirty yards per game on the ground. I mean, if you, he ends up going in there and ignoring it, I mean, it just, I, I just. Yeah, I mean that's the that's a, that's a breaking point for for Keith over here. Not that I was on the Pat Shermer ba- bandwagon. <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious! I mean, what else do you need to do in order to to get that running game going? I think this I think this week we actually see the running game. I see. I think we see a commitment to it. I, I think, especially with Bridgewater. Bridgewater is still, not, though he's not on the injury report, but he's still got a tibia injury that he's nursing. And gosh, that guy's just been get beaten up every single week. Give him a break. This is the week to give him a break. This is you've already seen it. So, I think we will. I think we will. I, I mean, I hope you're right, Keith. Yeah. I, I really do. I mean, that is what we need to do. Is we need to just go out there and run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I mean, they oh, got oh. Jared Goff on the other side of the ball. I mean, he's not horrible. I mean, the the guy was you know a top pick in the NFL draft. I mean, I think he's. He can still beat you, but yeah, heck yeah, he can. You know, and we we just can't allow that, and so just run the ball. I agree with Keith, run the ball, but I just don't trust Pat Shermer. We okay, so week. So with that hundred with, with hundred and thirty yard average, them giving up, or I'll go to you guys over or under hundred and thirty yards rushing today from the Denver Broncos. Oh, that's a tough one. 
That is a tough one. I think they do. I think they go over on the rushing. Um, I think, but I think a good chunk of that's going to be one of these backs is going to have one of those breakaway runs where it's a 60, 70 yard run. And then Pat Shermer is just going to be like, eh, okay, cool. Let's go back to throwing the ball like he did, you know, after Melvin Gordon's 70 yard run. And what was it, the first game of the season? Right. Uh, so, yeah, no, I just don't, I don't have the faith that Pat Shermer that he cannot ignore his. This it's like a it's like an unscratchable itch or urge for him that he's just got to make this passing game work. Going back to last week, we, we you know factor in the weather. It was cold. It was windy. Yada yada. You know it, it was the perfect scenario to run the ball. Today I believe it, it it's not going to be windy. It's going to be nice and sunny out there. The crowd's going to be all there. It's it's a big emotional you know game. It's the crowd's getting behind him, and he's going to want to go in there and, like I said, just try to lay the bricks on these Detroit Lions who've only won one game all season. And uh, let's just hope that uh, it doesn't come back to bite us in the behind. Right. Yeah. Hope, After that not. dissertation, um, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, how about you? <laughs> over or under? Um, I'm going to say over, and this is going to sort of segue us into our, our next thing. I. I'm with Matt. I, I see us going over, but I also see, and this is weird because me and Matt are on the same wavelength today or something, but mm. <clears throat> I see I see it being a big run by one of these two guys, you know, and then Pat Shermer, he wants to pass the ball in honor of DT or something, or I don't know what excuse he'll use for throwing the ball all over the field today. So, but he'll he'll have some excuse. Maybe he's confused about maybe he thought the plays he were calling were rushing running plays, but he was confused. So but by the time he realized he was confused, it was too late and he had committed to the passing game too. So I, I, I don't know. So um, I love it. So I, I'm gonna go over as well. Keith, where are you going? Over or under? Uh, I'll go over, but I'm saying I, that's because I also said under on the passing attempts. I don't think we can have it both ways either. You know, it, right. like you said, it, maybe it's maybe maybe it's that big big run right that uh, puts us over the top. You know what I mean? That's about the only possible situation where that usually right. works out, right? <clears throat> so let's segue into our running game. Um, we saw Javante be the premier back last week. Um. Who who gets the brunt of the workload today? Is it is it going to be another 50-50 type showing? Is it going to be 60% Javante, 40% uh, Gordon? I mean, Matt, what do you think? Um, I definitely think it's they, after last week's performance and just seeing how versatile Javante Williams is and uh, with Melvin Gordon still being pretty banged up, um, I think this is where we see that maybe see that 60-40 split in favor of Javante with it slowly or gradually increasing each week the remainder of the season while he stays hot. So I think this is uh, unfortunately the beginning of the end for Melvin Gordon, even though he says he wants to stay. I, th I thought I clicked on mute, but I guess uh -huh. I didn't. Uh, I was like, Dave, where'd you go? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, <clears throat> Keith, what do you think? Uh, do you think it's a 50-50 split? More of a Javante's going to be the featured back now? Well, I wouldn't say now. I, I I think for this week he's going to be because, again, I I go back to that injury that, that uh, Gordon's dealing with that Matt just referenced as well. I think just because of that, we'll see a little less of Gordon today as far as snap counts is concerned. But 
um, you guys just talked about the 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 uh, constant commitment to exactly how one guy likes to run our offense. Um, I don't see it changing a whole lot. I think that uh, we continue to see a, a Gordon, Javante Williams fairly even split. You know, unless an injury t- arrives, I don't. I think we just play it out the rest of the year that way. Myself. So, how about you, Mister Slade? Um, I'm going to see it a Javante, you know, heavy workload today. And, and I'm with Matt again. I, I, I think this is starting to see Javante become more and more featured in this offense, you know, going forward. Um, I, I think the Broncos really need to see what we have. Let's see what he can handle just over these next five weeks. You know, Gordon's not going to be cheap. I mean, even if he wants to stay in Denver, he's still going to cost money. I mean, the guy's going to want to get paid. So, I mean, he's costing us $8 million this year. I mean, what would you think he comes back at, Matt? Maybe five, five, um, seven? No, I think, he, you know, that would be him taking the hometown discount. Right. Um, and I think that's highly unlikely. I think he's going to want his worth for sure. Um but that all could be swayed with something, you know, a very simple change. If you get an Aaron Rodgers or a, a Russell Wilson or uh, one of these other big name guys that are floating around, that's enough to change the mentality of just a couple million dollars because your chances of getting to a Super Bowl become a lot more likely. So uh, it's kind of a, I'll say it's a to be determined number for me. Hmm. Okay. Keith, yeah. your thoughts? I mean, do you see Gordon taking a hometown discount to stay here? Well, you know, the only thing that's really hurting running backs these days is really where's the market, you know? I mean, we saw running backs even in this last offseason have a hard time getting paid and finding a market to get paid in, you know? Uh, that running back has been devalued. I, I think just in general, I think he'll be affordable just because there's not going to be a high demand for, for a, a Melvin Gordon out there, just like there hasn't been a high demand for a lot of, you know, tier two quarterbacks. Yeah, and I think I mentioned this, I think, is on Wednesday's show. I mean, running backs are just like falling off the trees. I mean, you can go and grab yourself a a good running back in the second or third round of the draft. So overpaying for one, especially when you have a stud like Javante Williams, you know, who's on a rookie contract. You just go out, you got Mike Boone, who's not going to be expensive, you know, and then you you, you grab somebody else in the draft, you know, third fourth round guy, you know, to, to give you a little bit of depth. And, um, you know, I, I just don't see Gordon being here next year unless he takes some sort of discount to, to stay on this team. So. Yeah. And, and if you were to add, like, if I were to put, uh, you know, uh, a percentage of how likely I think it, he could return, I would say it's probably less than 10%. Even, even if the veteran quarterback game, I just don't think it's likely. Um, depending on which capital you you have available to you come in the draft that, you know, running backs are sliding further and further and you're fighting these quality guys in second and third rounds. And uh, I, I'm with you right there, Dave. I think they just go back to the draft to look for, you know, that long-term placeholder to be uh, right along Javante Williams and that are, you know, the new version of an RBC for us. So um, I just think it's pretty, pretty, uh, his odds of returning are pretty grim in my opinion. So. Yeah, and I agree. There, there's so many teams. There's teams out there that are running back hungry that will pay him. Like somebody like a Tennessee, you know, that their season almost came crashing down when when Henry, you know, got hurt. 
That's why I'm surprised Denver didn't try to move Gordon. Maybe they did. Maybe the Denver was just asking too much or, or whatever. But, you know, Gordon, Keith, don't you think could fit in nicely as a, as a, a compliment to Henry in Tennessee or somewhere like that? Yeah, but once again, I think you're paying a lot for for a backup to Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. especially a bell cow. You know, right now at least he's a, he isn't a running back by committee type of situation. You know, so I don't know if I don't know if Tennessee would be willing to bring that on. Uh, why not do the same as you're speaking of for us and just go back into the draft and find somebody who can who can spell him? So I think he's yeah, going to have to be in a. You know, that's what I'm. That's that's where I'm not sure if. Like again, I think the running back market is just being completely depleted out for that that second tier and that's the only reason i think that they might have a possibility of making it back here because he's going to look out there on the market and work, say where do i go where right. do i go and who's going to pay me you know yeah. i mean outside of when baltimore had a big run at the beginning of the year and everyone they were looking for just about any running back to come in and play um and for yeah. some reason the texans at the very beginning of the year thought they need, they needed six running backs on their team and i have no it's idea what texans. that was all about but yeah, exactly. I mean, outside of those two teams, there wasn't a whole lot of people calling for, hey, we need a running back. Where, where do we find one in the offseason at all? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, I, I mean, Phil, I mean, had, had my, let's look at this uh, former Broncos running back, Philip Lindsay. Had he not get claimed by Miami, what what would his market look like? And he, he'd be, he's kind of in that tier underneath Gordon. But, uh, you know, factor in another age, uh, another year on Gordon, factor in the injuries he's faced this year. Uh, you know, if he does hit free agency, I, I mean, I don't really know what his market's going to be unless he comes in in one of those emergency type situations. He may not get that five to seven million dollars on the open market, given his age and injury history. So right. um, it's, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, all right, guys, yeah. let's uh, switch over to the the passing game. Um, we have a couple guys in our receiving game that sort of been disappointments this year. Um, probably the biggest disappointment is Noah Fant. I mean, and I think he's been a disappointment for, you know, a couple years now. Um, and then we got Jerry Judy, who, granted, yeah, he missed six games this year. But even if you average out his stats over over the games that he's played, he's only catching like a little over four balls a game, you know, just not what – a guy that you draft number 15 in the draft where you want him to be. So I I threw a question out there and I I got destroyed by the Bronco faithful, you know, in, in asking, did, did we, did we draft the wrong JJ, you know, just, and did a comparison. And I know a lot of it, the quarterback comes into play, you know, and, but has, and this is sort of back to the, to the Marilat thing. I mean, is Jerry Judy becoming a bust, you know, and, and who do we need to see step up? Who needs to have a breakout game today? You know, and I'll start with you, Keith. You know, I, I started, I started diving into this and, and there was a things that surprised me about Noah Fant, at least in t- 2021, he leads the team in receptions with 49. He has 424 yards. He has three TDs. Three TDs is second in the team for receiving touchdowns. And he has 67 targets, which is second on the team this year. Do you think he's just one of these guys with a bullseye on his back then? Because he does this very quietly. You know, I I think, well, I think he does. Well, maybe really quietly. I'm going to, 
going to end up sounding like Matt here. The more I looked oh, at all great. these stats, because then you look over at Jerry Judy, and he has 28 targets, 330 yards, no touchdowns, 37 targets, and six games, right? Roughly about half of the statistics of Noah Fant. They're very similar if you just doubled up Noah Fant's numbers outside of touchdowns. We've been talking about it for a while. I think it might be a Teddy Bridgewater problem. I don't think it's a, a, a Noah Fant problem. I don't think it's a Jerry Judy problem. The more I look at these stats, it, it's like looking at the uh, the stats of, uh, and I'll get to this maybe a little bit later in the game, but looking at the stats of the Detroit Lions and saying, what's going on with TJ Hawkinson or, or whoever it be? It's like maybe it's, maybe it's actually the passing game itself because right. quite honestly – I was shocked. I was shocked to find out how how well Noah Fant was actually doing for our team and how many how he's basically a leader in almost all categories. He's either first or second, you know. And I know there's not a whole lot of th- ways you can spread the ball around, but that's pretty that's pretty impressive, I guess you could say from from at least a, a statistic standpoint. So and I, I think I, the thing is, <clears throat> excuse me. I think the thing is that we're so used to. Noah Fant having these big splash plays, you know, you know, mm-hmm. can't run after the catching. You just don't really see those from him. We've seen a lot of he gets the ball short of the the yard marker, you know, and to get a first down, and he's not trying to power through that guy or anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration is coming with the fan base. Is Matt? Do you think that Noah is just his game has sort of changed under Teddy? And he, it's not flourishing like it did with Drew Locke. Uh, well, there's a couple of different things that I, I want to focus on. First, let me focus on uh, the opposite side of Noah Fant really quick. So the part where I think my frustration comes with is not in terms of necess- – I mean, the production is definitely concerned, but we have kind of outlets, uh, you know, reasonings behind it. But it's the – it's the you know you get the ball and you're you, you, the second effort we 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 haven't seen that second effort as much we've seen mm-hmm. him on some of these blocking plays where he's supposed to be chipping he's missing chips those types of things I think are making a bigger impact uh, in terms of uh, why I view him um, sometimes with a, a you know a negative scope but um, you know I don't think it's a, I, I think Teddy Bridgewater is a component of this lack of production. I don't think it was, is it Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke? I think this is how Pat Shermer has decided to utilize each quarterback because with Drew Locke, we see in the middle of the field be used heavily. It was a huge part of the game plan last year. That's where we were seeing, that's where we were trying to force Drew Locke to throw the ball. We were trying to force him to hit those, you know, those 15 and in, 10 and in slants. That was part of the game plan. But with, with, with Pat Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater, that's, all but gone. There was a stat. I, I don't remember the percentage off, off the top of my head, but uh, last week there was out of all the passing plays, like it was less than ten percent were even considered with routes running in the middle. All of these routes are being set up to be outside the numbers, and for that's not for, that's not Teddy's strength, though. That's what I. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. It, I. So we, we. The question is: Is it Noah Fant? Is it Jerry Judy? This lack of production. Is it Judy versus Jefferson? Is it quarterback? Do I think the numbers would be better if they're utilized? Where do Noah Fant and Jerry Judy thrive? Not outside the numbers, right. not in the flats. They are both inside guys. When we seen Jerry Judy looking super fresh and getting separation and utilizing his footwork, it was on you know a five you know quick step. I'm going to fake you. I'm going fade and hit you with the slant across the middle. And then he's juking around with you know bobbing and weaving with some of the fanciest footwork we've seen in the NFL. 
but uh, yeah. it's just not there. And I can't seem to wrap my head around why it's not there. Yeah. Um, and, and it could be maybe Pat Sherman does, you know, we talk about Teddy's arm strength and I, you know, there's two different types of ways you can look at this, how far a guy can throw the ball and how fast he could put some, you know, the ball on the line. Yeah. Maybe that's where the concern and, is. And how, how far you can throw it isn't as important in my opinion as how much velocity you can put on that ball, you know, because if the faster you get the ball there, the better chance your receiver has to get it. If you sort of airmail it out there, then, you know, you, you run the risk of defensive backs, you know, being able to to ball hawk and get in there and get the ball. So my one concern about Jerry Judy, and I brought this up in that same post, is I see Jerry Judy struggling with separation. And that's the kind of receiver Jerry Judy is. Jerry Judy's not a physical type guy who's going to go up and win you 50-50 battles. Jerry Judy is the kind of guy who gets the separation. He'll take the pass and he'll break it for a long game. And you're just not seeing that separation like you did in college. And it's like I told Matt, because we're in the NFL now. Everybody's good here. You know, I mean, everybody's fast. Everybody's good. So Judy, he can have the best footwork in the world. But if you can't create separation, then that really, really does you no good, especially for a guy that, that uses separation to his advantage like he does. Yeah, I, I mean, real quick, though, just to keep, you know, continue to focus on that. We Let's look at Corden Sutton and St. Patrick, and let's kind of encompass this as a whole. Separation is an issue right now, and it's because the offensive passing game for the Denver Broncos is predictable. We're not hitting – there is no risk in the middle of the field. We're forcing Jerry Judy to do to do flats and do, uh, you know, go routes on the outside of these numbers. Everyone knows that's not his strength. You know, there's only so much you can ask Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton to do. They're getting jammed in line. But if you have them running the same five to eight routes of, of these outside the number routes, it just becomes predictable. You're going to get the single high over. You're going to get the guy who comes down and tries to, to wreck these wide receivers at the line. Because let's look at our – we talked about it, I believe, last – was it, it might have been Wednesday. Um, our receivers only have like seven touchdowns or, or – uh, over 12 games, all of them put together. Yeah. 12, so, uh, seven touchdowns. Oh, nine. I'm sorry. Is well, two, two of them are for running back. So we got a total of nine passing. Uh, over 12 games. Right. Yeah, it, 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 and it comes to say, is it, it's a scheme problem. Is it a quarterback problem? Is it, is it in our situation? Unfortunately, it's possibly both. I, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's having the best career of his you know, of his of the best year of his career in terms of touchdowns, and even though his efficiency rating isn't isn't terrible either, it just seems like you're you're you got this huge chunk of open space in front of you, and you're just choosing to ignore it, and it's putting a negative impact on several of our receivers and tight ends. So, so, so circling all the way back, who needs to have a bigger day today for me? It's no offense because, again, we're talking about getting back to the running game if we're going to be winning this game and playing this game right and scheming right. So for me, if you want an answer to your question, Dave, I think Noah Fant needs to be more involved because, again, he's going to be relied upon not to miss those those uh, open field blocks and uh, be able to seal the end of a, a line in order to get a running back around the edge. So uh, if we're just talking today, Noah Fant needs to have a bigger day today. He can't have those mental mishaps that we've been seeing him have on the field where the frustration comes in, even when he is leading the team in receptions. Yeah. And I agree with Keith. That's the guy who I was going to go Noah Fant as well. As much as we're disappointed with what Jerry Judy's um, 
put on the field. These contract extensions of Sutton and Patrick have bought him at least one more year to get it together. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Um, let, let's hit our offensive MVP really quick. Who who needs to be the MVP of this game offensively for the Broncos to win? Uh, and just really quick because we're running a little bit behind. So, Matt, That's all right. who's your offensive MVP? Because I have a feeling we talked about it earlier with Shermer in the passing game. I'm going to have to say Teddy Bridgewater has got to be the MVP today. And I'll come back to the other side of things exactly what I said. I think <laughs> yep. that the running game needs to get going. So my MVP is Javante Williams today. I actually had Gordon in there until I realized how hurt he was. I think Gordon could have a pretty good game today. I think he will want to go out there and show the Broncos fans maybe why they want to keep him around. Yeah, I mean, it is going to be a very motivating game for Gordon, but I'm going to go with my MVP. I'm going to go Javante Williams as well. I think he's going to have a big game, but Teddy needs to step it up too. All right, we're going to take a really quick break, really quick. Um, we want to thank our, our today's sponsor, Willis Seasonings and Blend. They're a big supporter of ours, so please check out the amazing blends they offer at willowseasonings.com. Uh, the Sweet Heat. Our sweet smoke blend is a perfect rub to use when you're uh, smoking a pork butt for pulled pork. Uh, and all their other flavors are amazing. So head on over uh, to their website at wellofseasonings.com and put a little spice into your life. All right, gentlemen, let's get on to the defensive side of the ball. I mean, the defense played a heck of a game last week against the Chiefs. I mean... They, they basically held the Chiefs to one touchdown. Um, Chiefs had a, a defensive score, um, one touchdown, and then I think, what, three field goals. So they did a great job So with that. Um, first off, Matt, what, what's Vic need to do to just put this Detroit offense on lockdown? Get pressure on Jared Goff. I, I mean, we talked about that. I mean – Part of me wants to say, don't let the third string running back completely carve you to pieces like uh, Dearness Johnson did against with Cleveland. But um, it's just going to be keeping Jared Goff under control. You said it earlier; he's not a terrible quarterback. He wasn't, you know, a top pick in the draft for a reason. I mean, we've seen this guy go toe to toe with Pat Mahomes and stand in the pocket and and sling it around. Granted, he doesn't have the same weapons that he had there or here, or the same coaches, but. Um, it would be foolish for us to have just to go in there and be like, eh, Jared Goff is Jared Goff, you know, and eh, he's okay. So it's really going to be getting that pressure, getting him frazzled, uh, really getting that interior defensive line to really step up and put that pressure on him. We talked about uh, uh, these guys being leading the league with being able to create pressure with their, you know, top four or five guys and not having to send those, uh, you know, those extra rushers. Uh, with Bradley Chubb out, it's going to be a big, uh, it's got to be a big game for uh, Jonathan Cooper, and I would say I, I really want to see Shelby Harris do something. It just seems like it's been a, a year of him being lost in the background. That's where I'm at right now. Oh, Dave, you're muted. I got to stop hitting this mute button, so I'm trying not to uh -huh. cough in everyone's ears. I'm sort of battling a little bit of a cold, so I don't want to blow everyone's ears out with coughing into the mic, so I'm muting myself. Um Keith, what do you think is the best defensive game plan that we need to utilize? Um, you, you know, the, the first when the when this was first posed to the group and our, uh, our our agenda set up, I said, "Can Vic lock down the Lions' offense?" 
and my response immediately that jumped into my head is that's offensive <laughs> <laughs> you know like you said i think this uh this defense has played well um you know what they did last week was fantastic uh special teams and the offense did them absolutely no favors and they went toe-to-toe -to -toe against one of the better offenses in the league so for me it's it's different than what matt was saying for me i think we need to mix it up a little bit I think we need to be able to confuse Goff. It's not always just about getting to him. It's also confusing him as far as the secondary. We got to be showing man and drop in the zone and vice versa at times. I think that's where we're going to have our best opportunity um, rather than just trying to get after him. I, I don't want to. I guess. I guess my concern about quote unquote getting after him is is relying too much on a blitz um, and relying too heavy on a, uh, too much of a heavy blitz. You know, we don't want that zero blitz back. Out on the out on the field all game long, right? So fighting words, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad that you at least agree with that, Matt. But for me, yeah, I, I think for me, it's it's more about get, trying to get that pressure from that front four, like we've been been getting the last few weeks, and and really disguising what we do in the secondary, and that'll lead to hopefully some great off great position for our offense, so we can go ahead and have that time of possession and and continue to run the ball like I want to do. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I think Kenny hits the nail on the head here. It's kind of both, uh, you know, kind of encompassing both what Keith and I just said. It, it, the bottom line is you can't let this guy get his confidence. Once he finds his mojo, uh, he, you know, he, he's not, uh, you know, uh, off the rails locomotive by any means, but he's hard to get back and get back in his head. He's a smart kid. So you can't let him get that confidence. And uh, it does. I'm not sure if you've seen this, Kenny, but it doesn't look like TJ Hawkinson's playing. Last we last seen him listed as doubtful with the hand injury, um, but I mean we we talked about unquestioned toughness earlier. Who knows? Maybe this guy goes out there and says, "I, I got to make a statement." So who knows? We'll see if he actually plays or not. Thanks, Kenny, yeah. for chiming in on Facebook too. Always good to hear. Yeah, from you, definitely. Man. Thanks, Kenny. Kenny from K and K Sports out in uh, back east. So check those guys out. They have a uh, great content over there. Again, that's K and K Sports. All right. Um, and we sort of alluded to this earlier, and Matt touched on it again. Don't let a third-string running back carve us up. Keith, do you see that happening again? No. No, 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 again. We, we can't fall for the same same uh, trick twice. Fool me once, shame on you, right? So fool me twice, shame on me. Uh, I, I just think hopefully we've learned from our lesson. You know, we're not going to go ahead and completely ignore a running game that's all beat up and say that this isn't going to happen. I also, you know, she, the, the the Cleveland Browns passing attack at that point was a lot more formidable uh, when we matched up against them in, on Thursday night. And it's something that we had a game plan a lot more. You know, the Lions offense, when it comes to passing the ball, isn't much better than their run defense. They're not that great. If you look at them, they sit at the bottom of the league when it comes to some of their their uh, passing statistics. So um, hopefully we don't ignore the running game, even if there is a third string running back. No repeats. No more no repeats. repeats. Matt, are you in agreement there? No repeats? Or do you see? You if know, it's a repeat, then if, if there is a repeat performance by a unknown, a no inst or um, the no name running back or the undrafted, you know, whoever, if this is another statement game, then then I think we have to really ask ourselves, like, is it time to see some changes here? Like, Vic, is it is it time to give up play call? I mean, I don't know. You can't you can't get carved up 
by a third string running back two times in one season. Now, if he goes out there and he puts together a decent game, let's say 80 yards, you know, total yards, a touchdown or two, you know, that's bound to happen. He's just playing the position. But if we go in and we see almost 200 yards rushing again, multiple touchdowns, then I think we ought to have some serious concerns. And and if and maybe the, those changes don't need to come from Vic, but if I'm Vic, I'm pissed. You know, I am livid. I am wanting to – I don't – I would probably – I can't say what I would say on here. <laughs> but if I was Vic Fangio and that happens again. But, you know, you and us three, we're going to have to take some deep dive into that uh, film and see is this a bad play calling or is this just lack of execution? And uh, if it's lack of execution, I have a feeling I could tell you where it's coming from, but we'll save that and just hope and knock on wood that that's not the case. So, all right. All right. Um, so, defensive MVP, Matt. I'll go with you. No, I'll go with Keith first. That's Keith, who's your defensive MVP? Uh, I still think that the, the uh, Detroit Lions try to stick to that running game a little bit. And I think, again, uh, seeing to get this guy out in coverage and, and playing really well in space. So for me, it's Kenny Young. I think he'll have a big game today. So that that was uh that was one of my options keith but it's all it's all good so uh, i'm like, just glad to know that we're on the same wavelength so uh I, i'm gonna not always disagreeing little, not always disagree i'm gonna switch it up a little bit here and uh I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go a little bit different i'm gonna go with the step up angle and uh, i want him to step up and be the mvp today and that's shelby harris we talked about we've been talking about it a couple weeks in a row now. It's just like he's got the big contract and he somewhat faded into the background. We, we're not seeing the swats. We're not seeing uh, a ton of pressure. Uh, and then I also want to call it Draymond Jones because that was my breakout play of the year. And here we are, you know, the season wearing an end. And statistically, he's been atrocious. It's just been awful. Um, he's been the weak link on the on that defensive line, and uh, he's not made the impact I had hoped he was. So uh, I kind of got two guys I want to call out and just hope that one of them could step up and be the MVP today. Okay, and uh, I'm going to go with Justin Simmons. Um, mm. I think he'll have a, a big game back there just floating around, maybe get a, a pick. Um, but yeah. <clears throat> I, I think overall, I think Denver just needs to – and Keith alluded to this. We need to just confuse Jared Goff, you know, um, and make him make bad decisions. Yeah. This is a game that you don't want to be overconfident going into as a football player. There's a lot of emotion. There's going to be a lot of emotion in that stadium today because of Demarius Thomas. So yeah. you still want to make sure you got your head on your right and you go out there and you play football and you execute your assignments, you know. Absolutely. This is the NFL, and any team can be any team, you know, at any time. So, yeah, um, these guys just need to go out there and you know, execute execute the game plan, and let's hope that this game does not come down to any coaching decisions. Yeah, and we don't want any more confusion about the confusion. Yeah, and one thing real quick before we kind of switch off the of defense, uh, Kenny brought up Patrick Zertan being a dark horse rookie of the year candidate, which is, I think, a solid idea. Uh, but uh, I also wanted to give kudos real quick to Patrick Zertan as being the only rookie to be nominated for the Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. So, hmm. you know, making impacts day one as a rookie. Um, 
as much as I hate to say this because I don't like to eat crow, it's not a quarterback, but he's definitely finding ways to make a you know a, an impact on and off the field. So I will uh, swallow it and say, so far I got to be pleased with what I see from Sertan at pick number, uh, you know, Nine. first round pick. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, and I, I'll agree. I mean, I think he has come in and made an impact. I mean, there were a lot of concerns about could he do it? You know, was he just a benefactor of the system in Alabama? But he's come in and he's shown that he can be an impactful cornerback. Maybe maybe one day a Champ Bailey, even Champ Bailey even said, when I see Pat Sertan, I see Champ Bailey. So what do you think of that, Keith? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think everything that we saw in college and then, you know, obviously coming from, from his father, and I'm sure his father is helping him guide him just a little bit through that uh, – through this process, right? Being a rookie and, and getting out there and being part of your community. And, and like you said, you getting a nomination for the Art Rooney Award. But this guy has been fantastic. I mean, I I know he pulled up a little bit on that on a tackle possibly uh, last week. But other than that, I mean, this guy has really uh, came in, in in a position that's really difficult. We talk about, usually they talk about uh, quarterback being the toughest and cornerback being one of the second toughest positions to come into and learn all the scheme and being in the right position and actually get it the first year. And he's done a fantastic job. We really have no reason to complain. Right. So, all right. We are to that point of the show um, that me and Keith are starting to dread. So <laughs> we're going into the pick him and, and I don't know how we're going to catch this Matt guy. Uh, I, I mean, I make the slides. I can start sabotaging his picks if, if if the payment's right, Keith. Oh, so uh oh, uh oh, he's got to pay. Well, if I'm paying, who who says that all of a sudden Dave doesn't end up being the top guy at the end? That's, That's right. what I'm saying. Yeah, I make a little money and I win the pick'em. So well, there you go, um, buddy. After before entering last week, I was in dead last. Um, Keith, you had a rough week last week. Six and seven I decided to come week. and join you. Yeah, Matt and I were both nine and four last week, so um, we had good weeks. Uh, Keith sort of struggled. Um, let me see. Uh, let, and then we had our Thursday game. Keith's already – that's how Keith got back into a tie with me as he went to Minnesota when Matt and I both went with Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh buddy. came back and tried to make it a game. Yeah. You know? but, yeah, that was a bad – it looked ugly at the beginning. It did. I, I was doubting Dalvin Cook and he because of that, you know, I wasn't sure if he's going to be able to come in and make an impact, you know, off the dislocated shoulder. And uh, he came in and he uh, destroyed the Pittsburgh defense. So, um, and Kenny has a good it. point here. Mine and Keith, mine and your chance may be to pick the Giants and Jets each week and go to the chapel <laughs> and pray. <laughs> so, so, all right, let's get on to uh, the first. Uh, game of the week is the Ravens at the Browns. Um, I went with the Ravens. Matt, where are you going? Um, I don't have any faith in Cleveland right now. I think there's just too many moving pieces right now. I'm going Baltimore. Keith, do you have any faith in Baker? Um, I have some faith in Baker. I just don't know if he... Not not this Sunday. How's that? <laughs> so, all right. So there's a cool, clean sweep there. So all right, um, next game, Jaguar. We'll, we'll talk about a disaster down in Jacksonville. Do you guys yes. see Urban Meyer returning after this year? 
No. Yeah, yeah I yes, think he no. does. You think, I think so? He does. Yeah. So I, I'm just not sure. I don't know if the owner wants to play with this circus anymore. I don't think the players want him there. Right. I, mean, I, I, I don't. Mean, I, it is. A, it is a disaster. <clears throat> yeah, and he's getting into confrontations with the players and stuff now. I know. I know it's been a long season and everything, but man, you, you can't do that, and you can't let that stuff get out into the media, which it has. Yeah. So. Yeah, I will say this: you can't have that negative environment around your top two. But you know, your, with your, that your negativity, quarterback, with yeah, you that, can't. With that negativity, sometimes teams respond in a way, you know. But I'm not going to believe that Jacksonville's <laughs> good. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to go Tennessee, Matt. Where are you going? Oh, this is easy, Tennessee. <laughs> Keith, make it a sweep, buddy. All right, clean sweep there. All right, we are on. To the Raiders and the Chiefs. This may turn out to be a very good, very competitive game, or it could be a blowout. Depends on which Raiders team shows up. Um, I don't trust the Raiders anymore, so I'm going with the Chiefs. Matt, where are you going? You said this has a chance of being really close to being a blowout, and I'm telling you this will be a blowout. Chiefs take him to the shed. All right, and then we got Keith. Keith, where are you going with this one? It is going to be a really close one, Matt. You're completely wrong, and that's why the Raiders ends up eking out a win. That's just so that's, that, our, that's, that's our just keep trying to call back in. That's what this. Hey, is. that's what you got to do sometimes. <laughs> you want to talk about crawling back in? We got the Saints. Hey, hey just really quick, did the Chiefs look dominant last when we played them? Did they look Chiefs dominant? Not, they have not looked dominant all year, and okay, I would not. There we be, go. I would not be surprised if the Raiders win. I was Thank on you, the Dave. fence. I'm know? hoping the Raiders win. But so, I'm also trying to protect the lead here. Well, yeah, we know what you're doing, Matt. You're just you're playing prevent defense right now is what you're doing. Yeah. So remember what happens when you play prevent defense. I think Sometimes there might be a couple. I think you might be doubting. Teams I, I eat think their I took, way back into it. I took a couple risks and in, in later on in these picks, I believe. Ooh. So we'll, we'll get to them. All right, the Saints. You know, talk, I mean, a quarterback disaster down there with the Saints. I mean. But it looks like Peyton is he's committed to to Hill, no matter how bad he plays. He thinks he's better than Trevor. Here's my first Ooh. I'm Ooh. trying to get back into this, but the I'm gonna go with the Jets and the Shocker today. Matt, where are you going? Um, I think this game is going to be a lot closer than most people think, um, but I have more faith in where the Saints' defense is right now than where the Jets are, so I'm going to go with the Saints. But this is going to be an ugly game. Yeah. Keith, you? Yeah, I'm siding with Matt. I think it's an ugly game, but a Saints win. Okay. So this is where I can start getting back into this thing. We'll so. see. All right. Cowboys. At the red. You know what? As bad as and as crazy as this division has been, I mean – if Washington wins this thing, they're only sitting a game behind the Cowboys, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, uh, the Redskins have been one of the hotter teams in the in the league. They haven't been winning pretty all the time, but they've been winning. And Dallas is struggling. I'm going Washington. Matt, where are you going? You know, uh, I grew up and I was, you know, when I was little league, I was drafted to the to the to the Redskins at that point. Uh, yep, exactly and, where and, I played uh, little league. Yeah, I was a pal Redskin, and uh, now you know uh, I'm, I'm picking. Uh, you see how hot they've gotten? It's reminding me of when we used to keep the crap out of the Cardinals, you know, back in the day. So I'm going uh, WFT to uh, take this one. All right, Keith, where are you going? You know, 
Washington's on a four-game win streak, if I if I remember correctly. But that all stops today. I'm sorry, guys. The Cowboys come in with a win. All right. So Keith's got two that he could be catching up to you, Matt. Maybe. Oh, buddy. Uh, Look this out. was one of my risks here. This was one of my risk picks, but we'll see where, if it pays off. Yep. All right. Next game, Falcons. That's she's talk about ugly right here. I mean, um, <clears throat> I don't have faith in either of these teams really, and I just went with the home team. I went with the Panthers. I'm probably going to regret this. I mean, they just fired their offensive coordinator. I mean, who knows what's going on? Cam is getting his way out there, I guess, and didn't like Joe Brady, so they decided to get rid of him. Matt, where are you going? I need the Panthers receivers to have a big game to carry me in fantasy, but uh, uh, I think they have a pretty decent game, but it goes back to what you're saying. I don't think they overcome the loss of Joe Brady right away. I think there's going to be some miscommunications. I think Cam turns the ball over a couple times today, and the Falcons win. And Keith, where are you going? Like you said, Dave, kind of a flip a coin type of game. Didn't know exactly which way I wanted to go on this. And then I just started looking at quarterback and I said, where do I have more faith? Um, so I went with the Atlanta Falcons to get a win. Smart choice there, Keith. Smart choice. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. All right. And Seahawks at the Texans. Does anybody have the nerve to pick the Texans in this game? So. I don't. I'm going to Seattle here. Matt? No, I'm with you. They named Davis Mills as their starter for the remainder of the season uh, down in Houston. Uh, as much as I like Mills as a, as a prospect, you know, this feels like a, a Drew Locke rush development to just try to get, uh, you know, some kind of hope on the field. It's not happening. I'm going Seattle. And Keith, where are you going? It was my toughest game to pick, but I went to Seattle for a sweep, buddy. So, all right. And then let's go on to the Giants at the Chargers. Okay, I know Kenny's sitting on the edge of his seat for this one. Um, and I just don't have any faith in the uh, the Giants, so I'm going Chargers here. Matt, where are you going? Um, the Chargers, they need a bounce-back game. Uh, I mean, they, they've been uh, – they've gotten the COVID guy – the gunshot guys on COVID, which is, is going to be a factor. Um they, you know, they, they can't lose. They can't afford to lose the ground on Denver. They can't afford to lose the ground on Kansas City. Um, they, they take, they take the Giants too. They woodshed today. And uh, Ooh, I'm sorry, I, oh, I got a little. Oh, all right, buddy. Oh, I'm sorry, answer. Keith. I ruined all of the drama the suspense. and leading yeah. up to it. I double clicked. Gee whiz. It's all G- right, buddy. G Willikers. This, this is this is not just a. Uh, so a can you support. explain yourself here, Keith? Yeah, I, I honestly, I think the Giants have been playing good football for the last two or three weeks, if you actually see what they've been putting on the field. I think this is a close game, and with the Los Angeles Chargers being up and down, maybe it's just one of those games that they come in and they, you know, they have a Lake Erie type of game uh, where they're expected to go in and, and beat up on a team, and guess what? The Giants come in and win. I think I have more faith in the Giants today than, than I guess, obviously, you two do, um, and it's just not a way to get back into the to pick them. I think I think this is a good game, and I think the Giants come out with a win. All right. So I have one quick question. So uh, they're without Danny Dimes. You're rolling with either Jake Fromm or Mike Glennon to upset the Chargers? I, I like both those guys, buddy. Okay. I, no, I, I, I honestly I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be obviously a quarterback performance that gets it done for him. You know what I mean? So yeah, absolutely. I I I I will commend your courage. Well, thank you. Thank you, All right. 
49ers going back to Cincinnati. Uh, I'm going to keep riding this bingle train until I just, I don't know why. Uh, glutton for punishment, I guess. But I, I just think I see them beating the 49ers today. Bounce back after their performance last week. Matt, where are you going? <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to uh, see the Bengals kind of start to crumble down, you know, from a Denver Bronco fan perspective. Um, we need them to start to crumble down and break down. Uh, 49ers have got a good defense. They're going to put the hurting on Joe Burrow today. All right. And oh, Keith, boy. where are you heading? Uh, I'm right there with you, Dave. Uh, I don't know. The 49ers just don't give me any type of confidence. I love what Joe Burrow can do on any given Sunday. So I'm a Bengals on this pick em. All right, and then Bills at Buccaneers. This might be the best game of the the weekend here. Um, does anybody have the faith that Buffalo can go into Tampa and win this thing? Um, I'm going to say absolutely not. So, Matt, where are you going quickly? Uh, I'm going to stick with you, Dave. I'm going Bucks. Keith? Tampa doesn't have that great of a record at home. I'm going Bills, baby. All right. So, Keith coming with the upset here. I wouldn't really call it an upset. I mean, Buffalo needs it, though. They need to sort of bounce back. Um, yeah. They can't afford to fall any further behind New England. No, they cannot. So, all right, Bears or Packers? This one might be a doozy. Um, I give the Bears absolutely zero chance. I'm Matt. with you. I'm with you. Go on, Packers. Uh, Fields has yet to, to really rise to the occasion. Andy Dalton can't play due to a broken bone in his hand. So, uh with Matt, throw Matt Nagy on top. It's just a recipe for a disaster right now. So Packers. Keith? Rodgers has part ownership in the Bears because of how much he's beaten them. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. And then the uh, the Sunday or the Monday night game, I'm sorry, the Rams at the, the Cardinals. Um, this could be a good game. Um, I'm going to go uh, Cardinals on this game. Matt, where are you going? Part of me wanted to go with the Rams so badly, but just seeing what Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray and that in the Cardinals defense has been able to put together, it's hard to really want to choose any team against the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm going Cardinals. I'd love to just see a fantastic, like lights out show on Monday, tons of points scored. And I think it has that possibility, uh, but I can't go anything but Cardinals on this game, man. Yeah. And even though I picked them, I kind of want to see them lose just to get knocked off their high horse. And, and, (laughs) I mean, part of it might be the Von Miller fanboy in me, like, come on, like, let's just destroy this. Like, it's just been sad, kind of sad to see him go from, you know, six and six to you know, zero and four. So uh, yeah, Kenny's saying that the Rams get a much needed win on the road to get some momentum back, and they do need this win. They need it desperately. I mean, this may be the most disappointing team money could buy if if the Rams fall apart. So it's fair. So, all right, here we go. Detroit Lions at Denver Broncos. So, who's going to win? Your score prediction, who your MVP is. So, and I'm going to go with the Broncos. I'm going Broncos big here today. I think with all the emotion and everything, this team's going to use that to their advantage. They're going to come out and beat them. I'm going to go 31 to 13, Denver. And I'm going to go with my MVP of the game. It's going to be Javante Williams with 147 yards rushing, two touchdowns, and probably about 50 yards of receiving and another touchdown. Matt, where are you going? 
Yeah, well, I'm going to ride the Broncos train. This is uh, a much needed a, a much needed win, and it cannot be taken lately. Um, my MVP is going to be Vic Fangio. I think he puts together a great defensive game plan today. I think the players execute, and I, I think we, we finally see this defense, you know, decide to uh, put some more points on the board, maybe another pick six here. I have them winning 28 to 10. All right, and Keith, and who's your MVP, Matt? Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio is the MVP of the game. All right, he's not going to have a bad challenge today, and he's going to use the time. Confused, and he's going to use the timeouts when he needs to. That's all. Good defensive game plan, utilizing timeouts correctly, and uh, not having a reckless challenge. No confusion, right? (laughs) If we no confusion, if we could, if we could check one of the three boxes, I'll give Vic a thumbs up for this week. All right. (laughs) And and I think Keith's uh, MVP will be Tom McMahon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. oh, I'm sorry. No. Oh, Keith, who, who are you going with? Uh, I'll I'll make it the sweep, buddy. We got you against a, a right. one win uh, Lions team. Uh, MVP for me. I'm going to be right there with Mr. David Slade, um, Javante Williams. I, I expect to have a big day today. That being said, probably half the touchdowns and half the receiving yards, as far as I'm concerned. That was that was a humongous day for Javante Williams you put out there, buddy. He's um, going to have a big one. Yeah, I guess so. I'm looking for him to have a big one as well. Like I said, I think he'll put up over 100 yards. I think he'll get probably, you know, again, about maybe 25 yards receiving and, and a touchdown as well. But uh, final score for me, 27-13 Broncos. Yeah. All right. Hey, guys, thanks. Any parting shots? I mean, I know we all want to, again, pass on our condolences to the Thomas family, um, family, friends, former teammates. I mean, he he was a great guy on and off the field. So, Matt, any parting shots from you? Uh, Real quick, this is a great comment by Kenny Kirkpatrick. How about the fans being loud, uh, loud as all games as the MVP? Um, I think that house will be rocking due to, uh, you know, a big portion of what you just said with the Damaris Thomas tributes and things like that. This is a very emotional game. So, uh, you know, let's go win this one for DT and uh, Vic Fangio. You, you dropped the ball here. Your seats all, but going to be engulfed in flames, my friends. So uh, I'm rooting for you as your MVP today to douse the flames a little bit, but uh, my good juju will only carry you so far. Keith. Yeah. I'll just probably just uh, ditto a lot of what you guys said. Uh, Number 22 pick out of Georgia Tech, uh, nine years of Bronco, um, always remembered and and hopefully a future uh, um, number retirement in my opinion. Um, guy did it all. Had to go through the uh, Kyle Orton and Tim Tebow years before he really got it good with the Peyton Manning years and smiled through every bit of it. Um, hope he's smiling down on us today as we uh, bring home a win in, in Broncos country. Yeah, definitely. All right, everybody, that wraps up today's show. We'll be back on tonight for the Denver Broncos postgame show. Until then, please follow, like, and subscribe. We're on all the platforms. You can also chat with Matt Keith or myself through our Twitter accounts. Join our Facebook group at Rocky Mountain Sports Network. We do a lot of posting and chatting there about way more than just the NFL. You can listen to our podcasts on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And, of course, you can join us live and be a part of the conversation from all of us here on 4th and 99 as part of the Rocky Mountain Sports Network. Thank you for watching.